Man, what a week it's been, but welcome back. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Conversations with the Mind podcast. I'm your host as always, Shane LeMaster. Guys, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, Please continue to like and share. Whenever we post this stuff on social media, uh, our reach goes out only as far as my little tendrils can reach over the electronic interwebs that I'm still not very proficient at. Uh, that's one area of my life that I have never really gained proficiency in, and I'm not really uh, too um, too driven to do that anyway. But anyway, please like and share whenever you guys see us post on Facebook. Uh, I share all the podcasts and share our YouTube uploads as well on social media. Um, so share that. Get the word out. Let's uh, welcome more people into the conversation. Um, a little word on sponsorship for our podcast. Guys, I try not to put in any ads from any external sources. I know how annoying those can get in other podcasts. I listen to other podcasts that have those as well, and they really do get annoying. And sometimes I just fast forward through to get to the content. But uh, in order to avoid having to use ads in order to support the podcast, I have to rely on you guys and rely on donations. So... If you guys find any of this stuff valuable, please um, feel free to donate. Uh, there should be some kind of link at the bottom of whatever podcast app you're listening to. Just click that link super quick, take a couple seconds, set up a, a quick little one-time donation, or I believe you can set up a recurring donation. You know, anything like a dollar a month is freaking awesome, guys. Um, but uh, just wanted to put that out there too, and uh, make sure you guys go check out our YouTube page, um, and that's the Mind Ops YouTube page, M-I-N-D hyphen O-P-S. Uh, go check out the YouTube page. We have a lot of these episodes uploaded in the video format, which is really, really cool. I love to see that. I'm still playing around with the uh, audio video software and trying to learn it a bit, so um, you guys can go on there and laugh your asses off at how horrible I am at uh, audio video stuff and technical things on the computer. I fully uh, accept all uh, criticisms. They're all welcome. Uh, I know that I'm terrible at those things, but I try. And each week, I hope I get a little bit better. Um, So go to the YouTube page, check that out. I've also put uh, a lot of folders, um, playlists of different videos on there. We talk about a lot of topics on this podcast, a lot of things about consciousness and psychedelics and reality and um, conflict and struggle and all sorts of things. And I have all sorts of folders and playlists categorized on my YouTube page. So Uh, Go check that out. If you like it, subscribe. Um, Like you can click open a playlist on like Nietzsche and I'll have like 10 um, awesome videos on Nietzsche or, you know, maybe you hear us talk about something, you know, like uh, today we're talking a little bit about like relationships and um, being relational, being friendly to others and things like that. There's uh, there's all sorts of playlists on my YouTube Um, for compassion and kindness and things like that so go check that out i think there's uh, also meditations up there too Um, go check it out check it all out folks Um, also last thing if you've ever been a client of mind ops and you found our uh, services to be um, beneficial for you feel free to Uh, go to our website www.mindops.com that's m-i-n-d hyphen o-p-s dot com and leave a testimonial guys there's a section on there uh, 
pretty easy to navigate. I think you just go to the bottom of the page and you can leave like a quick little blurb about, you know, how this, you know, how working with us has helped you in some way. Um, that really makes us feel good. And, uh, you know, always love your support. So, um, take a couple minutes go do that. Go check it out. Um, there's a comment section on the website. Okay. So on to our one and only sponsor that is MindOps. Conversations with the Mind podcast is sponsored by MindOps.com. You can find us at www.mind-ops.com. We're an eclectic counseling company providing mental health and mental performance services to individuals, small and large groups, teams, businesses, military, through face-to-face sessions or at a distance using phone or confidential video chat apps. We bring a unique Buddhist Western lens and specialize in general psychotherapy for all mental difficulties, sport and performance psychology for performance enhancement, addiction counseling for any maladaptive or destructive habits, and psychedelic integration therapy to make the most from your visionary medicine work. We are available as well for corporate workshops to address the needs of your employees' wellness. And now to the good news story. All right, folks, this award-winning episode is brought to you with a good news story to make you feel all nice and cozy inside, nice and tingly. We like to leave people feeling great. Feeling great feels awesome. All right, today's good news story comes from the goodnewsnetwork.org, and the title of the article reads, New research shows that gut microbes may significantly slow the progression of ALS. So if you guys don't know what ALS is, let me see if I can get this correct. Uh, Amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, Uh, also Lou Gehrig's disease. I'm sure you guys might have heard of that. Um, But anyway, um, so it says progression of an ALS-like disease was slowed after these mice received certain strains of gut microbes or substances known to be secreted by these microbes. And results suggest that these findings are likely applicable to human patients with ALS. Uh, So this is pretty cool. Um, Pretty interesting. We're finding so many new new things with this gut microbiome. And it's becoming very quickly its own like little scientific subfield of inquiry. Uh, I know my wife talks to me about our microbiomes all the time. And the gut is just one microbiome. You know, we have microbiomes. Um, on our skin, you know, all sorts of bacteria on our skin. We have microbiomes around certain organs. We have uh, microbiomes around our human bodies, like extending outside of our human bodies, maybe in a in a uh, two foot uh, radius or something from our center point. Um, but we have all these microbiomes, these you know, these little bacterias and things that interact with each other and uh, interact, you know, across people so you know i touch somebody else my bacteria interacts with your bacteria interacts with the bacteria from the car door handle that i touched and it's it's such a fascinating thing that you know a lot a lot of our everyday waking life is spent just thinking about our life and like our um perspective on reality and consciousness and there's entire worlds just under our noses you know if we were to look at the surface of anything around us pick anything around you 
if you were to look at the surface of that under a microscope, chances are you were going to see an entire world of living organisms. So cool. Uh, anyway, so this, um, so what I found fascinating about this this article, and it goes into a lot of um, you know details about how they how they tested the mice and things like that, and what uh, they were finding. But they said, it said they zeroed in on one molecule called a nicotinamide, and I've heard this um, before. Um, this phrase nicotinamide or as a substance let me uh put that in real quick nicotinamide um okay so nicotinamide also known as nica or niacinamide is a form of vitamin b3 found in food and used as a dietary supplement and medication as a supplement it is used by mouth to prevent and treat pellagra while nicotinic acid may be used for this purpose, nicotinamide has the benefit of not causing skin flushing. Okay, so nicotinamide, interesting chemical. And this is the chemical that these research scientists were um, finding had some really interesting um, correlations to ALS in mice. They were finding that mice who had healthier microbiomes and were more uh, resistant to ALS um, had lower levels of the nicotinamide in their system. Um, so we have to think about, and they said it translates well to humans, so we have to think about, like, what sort of foods are in our um, diets, what sort of foods, you know, wherever you live in the world, whether it's an American diet or a, uh, a, a Canadian diet or Mexican diet or whatever, um, you know, figuring out which of these foods contain these uh, chemicals and how they're impacting our gut microbiome. Very interesting stuff. Okay, so the conversation with my mind recently, and this is, um, I'm going to start by just reading you guys just a little quick paragraph. Um, this paragraph is found in, oh, it's my new uh, Psychology Today magazine. So I get this magazine every month as a therapist, and there's some interesting articles most months. Um, this one uh, the article was called The Deep Roots of Materialism, and it is written by Abigail Fagan. Okay, and I'm just going to read you one little paragraph from it. I found it interesting, and it got my mind thinking um, more about, um, you know, what it means to live in not only a culture and a culture like our own that is very materialistic, but also um, what it's like to live within a reality where... Um, physical objects, physical things have value um, where they can be traded and bartered and things like that. Okay, so this is, uh, this little section says, what is behind that drive to consume? And it reads, wired into the brain is the need to be accepted, to be valued. There's pressure in today's society to be seen as successful, and someone who has luxury goods can be seen that way. But there's a misconception that the wealthier you are, the happier you will be. That's true up to a point, but after you've reached a certain level of income, right around $75,000 in the U.S., earning more money and buying more stuff doesn't make you that happy. It's often done to display to others how successful you are, rather than to reflect that to yourself. The more competitive a society is, the more money people spend on possessions they can't afford. This was... Just the language in here, in this simple paragraph, just hit me 
really hard. And these are things that I think a lot of us know innately, but um, it's just interesting to kind of sit with it when read uh, through somebody else's perspective. Um, I mean, in psychology, we know a lot about the science of happiness, and we know a lot about the science of happiness as it relates to financial wealth. Uh, this study that they, um, or they, I don't know if they cited actual study, they don't, but this this idea about making any more than 75000 and your happiness going up, this is based off of actual research, uh, really interesting research, actually, and it shows that, yes, your your felt or perceived happiness does go up as your income goes up, uh, but only to that 75000 cap, right? So when I was in my 20s and I was making $7 an hour doing crap work, um, I was making maybe, maybe sixteen to 20000 a year. Um, didn't feel like much, and uh, I remember my life being a lot more miserable financially back then, not much freedom to do things, but... As my career went on, as I got better jobs, I started making a little bit more, and each job hopefully uh, was a step up, um, I would feel my happiness go up. And maybe it was because I was making more money. Maybe it was because I started you know, falling into better and better jobs. Maybe it was that I started choosing uh, workplaces and coworkers that suited my personality better as time went on, as I got more experience. So um, the financial piece is interesting, yes, because it's tied to this number, 75000 And it's great if you make more than that. I'm happy for you, but uh, chances are that money's not making you any more happy um, past that mark. But it does go up up until that point. So just found that interesting. Another part that I felt interesting in this is that last sentence. The more competitive a society is, the more money people spend on possessions they can't afford. So then above and beyond this 75000 mark, you know, science is speculating that, you know, this is just showboating. This is just peacocking. This is just people um, showing other people, showing other people how much more valuable they are than other people. And this is, you know, it feels like a power move, doesn't it? It feels like, you know, someone is trying to get power over someone else, if only in the judgments of other people, uh, if only in the minds of other people. Um, you know, people are very motivated by this. I know I've been motivated by this in the past, too. I mean, hell, I can remember, you know, a lot of times in my um, younger years and my youth, and even, you know, in recent times, although less less uh, frequently, hopefully, you know, buying something that I know I didn't need, but buying something because it was like the new version of something and it, I just wanted to have the new version or I wanted to be the first person with this new version of something. I know I do that with my jujitsu geese quite a bit. You know, if I see a new one that comes out, I just got to have it, you know, even if I can't afford it, right? But why? Why do I do that? Uh, we are a competitive society. You know, the nature of capitalism is that of competition, unfortunately. I don't know if capitalism requires competitiveness, but it, we've sure found ourselves at a place of high-stakes competitiveness. And, you know, in, in the example of me buying a new jiu-jitsu gi when I see a new one, you know, what's that all about? 
am I really trying to compete against everybody else in the jiu-jitsu world, including my friends and training partners, competing to be the first, competing to be the one who has, you know, this new gi or whatever, or this new piece of equipment? You know, that's stupid. Uh, you know, and I hope I don't do that too often. So fortunately, um, I think most of my uh, impulsive spending like that is more for my, uh, you know, feeding my own um, stuff rather than trying to get other people to take notice. I know when I get a new gi in the mail, it just makes me feel like Christmas morning, if I still celebrated Christmas. But Christmas morning when I was young was the most exciting morning to come downstairs and be able to open up the presents that I hadn't already peeked at. Oops. I don't know if you guys peeked, but I know I peeked. I was pretty slick like that. Uh, anyway, so that was a conversation that's been on my mind recently. And just thinking a little bit about what it means to be uh, materialistic, you know, even when we don't want to, we find ourselves doing that because of the culture we're in. Um, and what it means to live in a materialistic society. I mean, I'm in the right in the middle of a move. Uh, I'm moving to another place here in Fort Collins uh, early next week, and you know, our house is completely boxed up, and we're getting rid of a lot of things. Uh, thankfully, I'm able to let go of more things because of my wife. I don't think if she was here, I think I'd be holding on to way too much stuff. But she's really pushing me to let go of a lot of things and donate things and try and sell things and get rid of things and, um, you know, live up to live up to this idea of a minimalist life that I always talk about wishing I had, you know. I wish I was a minimalist and didn't, you know, you walk in my in my space and there's very little disorganized uh, things or there's very little to be disorganized, but... I'm finding that, yes, I'm still in this trap of materialism, and even though I'm cutting down, each time I move, I cut down on my possessions, I still find that I have way too much, and uh, got to keep working on that. Got to find ways to not be suckered in to buying the next new thing, but to, to wait until things are a little more worn out, perhaps. Okay. So our guest today, very special guest. Uh, he's my uh, one of my oldest cousins. He's a second cousin. You guys um, might have listened to the podcast. Uh, maybe I think it was episode twenty-six was his brother, uh, Chris Manchester. So this episode is my cousin Coleman Manchester. Uh, Coleman used to be a professional on the dirt bike scene. Um, and he has had a very interesting life. He's an awesome dad of two amazing kids. Callie and I went out to Arizona just to see them a couple weeks ago and got an awesome chance to sit down and record this podcast with, with Coleman and really get his perspective on life and things. He's always really been uh, one of the most important male role models and mentors in my life. Since I haven't really had a consistent father figure, him and his brother, Chris, have probably been the most consistent male role models in my life. And uh, they just both happen to be extre professional extreme sport athletes and, um, you know, awesome family guys and, and uh, just amazing people. So I hope you guys get something out of this podcast. 
I know I did. It was just fun sitting by the pool for an hour uh, recording with Coleman um, while we watched his kids play in the pool with my wife. So uh, hope you hope you folks enjoy it. And uh, remember, um, we can't keep winning these gold medals and these awards and these Emmys and all that stuff without your donations, folks. That's what keeps this ship running. So please donate to the podcast, uh, and we will keep winning awards and keep on uh, moving towards that, maybe that Nobel Prize or something. All right, here is Coleman Manchester, Conversations with the Mind. Here we go. Okay, okay, hold up a second. Right before we get into this episode, guys, I just need to lay this out on the line ahead of time that this was taken on the back patio. Uh, near the pool we were listening to music in the background so i have no rights to the music no credit to the music um but it was all buckethead so um if you guys like it then go check out his stuff so if anything uh we're acting as a uh we're acting as a uh, promoter of mr buckethead himself and all his weirdness so uh if you guys like the music in the background like I said, I have no rights to it. Um, it's all Buckethead. Go check out his stuff on Spotify, Pandora, all that good stuff. All right, here we go. Into the show. This is the Conversations with the Mind podcast, where we explore consciousness through conversations with interesting people. Our mission is to engage the collective mind piece by piece to bring greater clarity of mind to our listeners locally and across the planet, and to contribute to broaden the shared experiential knowledge and wisdom of existence. to have your mom out here too watching you yeah. versus like I'm gonna go see this Auntie Callie back rub or back flip she's got to walk in <laughs> yeah I haven't seen it so I don't know how uh... do you want to check out Kennedy doing the back flip <laughs> so Katie's at work all day yeah till yeah and then she's got training after which she's been scheduled for a couple months so she's probably gonna Meet us at culinary. Like personal training? No. Like lifting? No. No. She's training for skin shit. Oh. She's nice. training a girl. Work training. There's a process called microneedling. Yep. And you take a pen, you know, and it, it, actually, it actually punctures your skin, but it makes it good for your skin. She's training this girl up in Phoenix. And she's paying her, you know, training, but she's training her via FaceTime and shit. You know? Oh, so, nice. Yeah. She get paid to train? Right. Yes. Yeah. Hell yeah. Sounds like all right. That works okay. Yeah, it's nice. Um, in jiu-jitsu, like, I never even, when I started, I never thought of the added responsibilities and the things that come with being a higher belt, but now that I'm brown, I'm starting to coach, and, like, people will, will start coming to me for private lessons. And, like, That's sweet. It's like a, another uh, source of income. Like, once I have a black belt, I can open an academy, you know, and... Um, yeah, it's kind of nice. It's Are you going to those Z's tubes? Perfect, right. You know, or 
An affiliate, yeah. CZs, double Zs or something, you know, an affiliate, yeah, mm-hmm. just for, that'd be kind of funny. We actually just got affiliated <clears throat> with uh, the BJJ Globetrotters, have you heard of them? I have, actually. So now we can uh, we can travel anywhere in the world and get free open mat fees at any of the affiliated gyms. They have, like, camps and shit you can go to for... That's killer. A couple weeks, they have cruises, things like that, so pretty cool. That is super cool. And Callie just started CrossFit. Like a week ago, she's liking that. She really likes lifting um, more so than like combat sports. Right. I she, can see she got her two stripes. But yeah, she likes the, the lifts. I'm not opposed to that. Like her, uh, have you ever seen those documentaries on um, CrossFit games? I used to watch that a lot. I just, I'm too. Why she say that? But I've cut my body doing it, but. It fucked up their shoulders. Right. You know, it's, it's not that for good guys, for you. Right? For guys, right? For guys, it's it terrible. Is. Yeah, and we did the research, and she found that uh, women have far less injuries because they take the time to do it right, whereas, like, guys just go in there and like, attitude and just, like, rip it. Is that what it is? That's part of it, um, but also the, the physiology, too. Like, I guess we're more prone to injuries with certain movements. Um, but, yeah, guys' shoulders are what? Shoulders are bad. I got bad shoulder anyway. You know, so I was like, dude, I just, I have halfway decent cardio for my age, you know? Uh, yeah, my CrossFit days are over. I did that for a number of years, but I take what I learned from it and then what we got? moving on. Oh, Triple yeah. backflip. The crab move? your crab move. Good to go. Yeah, we can't wait to have kids. But we, uh, that's, a, that's a big game changer. Yeah. Well, that's but we realize that, and so, right, so right. we're definitely waiting until she's done with school. How old are you? Thirty-six How old next is she? month. Like 30, 30, 32, 33. Okay, all right. Something like that. You're a couple years older. That's good. Right, yeah. Gotcha. She's a year younger than Vince, I think. Okay. So we, we know that it's going to totally change everything, and so we wanted to... You're about, you're about at the right age, you know? Yeah. I was 40. When you had your first? Yeah. Wow. So I'm sure now. Yeah, so that's like what I've, I've thought about that too. Like most of my friends and my brother had kids in their 20s. Really? Um, but what, what is it like for you, like knowing like you had your kid first when you were 40, so that's going to make you 58, close to 60 when he was graduating. <coughs> when I'm graduating 61 when they turned 21, right? So, like, do you think about that? Like, what kind of dad you'd sure. be at 61 to sure. a 20 year old and what your kids will think? 
Like, are yeah. you the old dad in class? But I'm one of those dudes that are just like, I'm, I'm, you know, age is like, you know, I'm a little older, even in the neighborhood, I'm like dudes that hang around, I'm a, I'm a little older than they are, you know, so like, I'm almost 50, but really I'm, I, I can still roll with, you know, like the, the mid-20s and stuff like that. Sure. Uh, as far as the way I talk, and, but, so when I get there, it's actually, I'm still pretty athletic at 50, best, so another 10 years, I'm going to slow down, sure, but you know, my main goal is just to be able to toss a ball with them and play golf with them and shit like that, you know? I, I can still ride a motorcycle at a pretty good pace right now, so I'm like, unless I'm in a wheelchair, mm-hmm. that was my only fear. I was like, I just want to be in a wheelchair. But Did that fear come up when you hurt your leg? Um, About the wheelchair? No. no. I, I didn't it's more like that. paralysis that puts right. motorcyclists. Right, and, yeah. yeah. Neck Not breaks injuries, or back yeah. breaks, something like that, you know? So, but if I'm able to play with them when they're 21, and but the cool thing is, you get older, you get more experience to teach them. You right. Know what I mean, that's more wiser. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you said you're 50 something. 49. 49, and how's it to ride motorcycles? I think that's incredible. Like, isn't the vibration or anything? Vibration and just the core power. Yeah, wrist, leg. Because you use both feet, both right. both hands, both feet. Um. I don't know. I think it might, as you get to a certain age, it's like muscle memory. And I'm like, it's just fantastic, you know. But the consequences are so much greater at an older age, right? So do you yeah. get better at not wrecking? Or do you just get I don't push less fearless? Yeah. <laughs> then I you wear when you're hard. Yeah, I just don't ride as fast. Yeah. I don't push as hard. It's not that important. Me to win. So I just got there and play ride. Nice. If I get tired, I pull off. That's, That's how you get hurt, is when you get tired. It's so fun. You want to go out there and go as fast as you can, but it'll spit you off in a second. Yeah. If you don't respect it. Yeah, I think about what it'll be like when I'm, you know, if I have kids at 36, 37, 38, I'll be close to 50 when my kids are, you know, 18, 20, Mm -hmm. and um, what am I going to be like in jiu-jitsu at that age? Hopefully smarter. You'll know more. You'll know more experiences that come by, you know. You know how to deal with people better. Mm -hmm. I won't have uh, Yeah, but your body breaks down. Like even at 36, like my knees are like 50 years old right now with yeah, all yeah. the surgeries. Yeah, and my yeah. back and my neck like feel so much older. My body's 49, you know, but I feel pretty good. Um, take vitamins, mm-hmm. and you just you gotta stay active. Do you, you know? work out or anything, or do yoga? Or no, I stretch, but not like. Most I should, or yoga's probably not bad, but yeah. Do some kind of cardio or something? Right, I'm out by. Nice. I still run my mountain bike. Yeah, that's still pretty good. I'll do that's great. You know, 15, 20 miles and a couple times a week. Oh, nice. Not only mountain bike, but I'll ride my mountain bike on the road, but I'll ride off the dirt. So instead of on the road, I'll ride it in the dirt so mm-hmm. it's a little harder. At least in my mind, it's a little harder. Yeah. So. Well, that's what I do when I'm running too. I'll just, if it's pavement or, or dirt, I'll pick the dirt. Just cause just, it, it's a little harder. Works on little stabilizers. Right. And yeah. Like, yeah. Makes me, I need to pay more attention. Yeah, thinking about it versus just automatically. Right. Yeah, baby. What? All right. Uh, the cartwheels right now. A nice cartwheel in the pool. Yeah, we want to have like a little troop of 
masters running around and uh, like we have like these weird like our, our wedding was a jiu-jitsu wedding right mm-hmm. so like we have these weird ideas like in our dream home we want to have like jiu-jitsu mats being like the floor in the living room right so like, if there's ever like a family dispute stick down on the mat <laughs> hey, let's right here. Right. <laughs> just do that right and if you can dethrone the king then you can get uh you're safe. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, I run this show. Right. right. And for the kids too, like That's if they're awesome. if they're fighting, like hey, get a submission. You know, whoever wins the argument. Just silly things like that, and my kids don't really fight; they argue. Yeah. Which they think's okay at that age, but they really don't fight. I I have regretful memories of like hitting Vince when I was a little kid. Oh, me and Chris Grant. Yeah. You know, but as you get older, you know, like hey. That's what you had to do. You're just kids and you gotta fight it out. Because like there's always that story when you're in high school or something like that, or early, late, late middle school where you're the one guy that you don't get along with the school, and then you fight, technically, or you throw two punches each, and then you get another pen broken up and then you hop and pop. Then you become like the next Friends. day you're homies. Yep. <coughs> at least at least with you guys. Know, like, yeah. yeah, at least with guys, you know, and all of a sudden like, okay, we hashed out, bro. Now, now our group's getting along. Now we're a big power, you know. Now we're, we're all homies, so. But <clears throat> yeah, I think that's just part of life. Yeah, especially a brother, sister, an older sister. Mm-hmm. That's what I, that's what I wanted. Either I wanted one of each, and it didn't matter which one was older mm-hmm. or younger. But well, that's the way Vince's kids are too. Yeah, little older sister with Blake. Yeah, little Austin. Have you met Austin yet? I have. Yeah. Yo, he was just a big, just, just little, born, yeah. huh? Uh huh. Last September. It was awesome. <clears throat> yeah. It's a good little thing, and then and then you get cut when you get fucking ball snipped, mm-hmm. and you never have to worry. You never have to worry again. Mm-hmm. And then you just got your two and just worry about raising it because, God forbid, you know you have an oops moment. You're like, four years later, you have another kid. You're like, not what I expected, you know, but. Well, they say that those uh, those procedures aren't even 100% anyway. Uh, that may be. Pretty close, things, but have, things have changed <laughs> nowadays, right? It's a little bit nicer, but. Technology's a little better. Yeah, that is for sure. Yeah. And so far, so good with me, so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tried and true. No, that's good. Yeah, that was the biggest thing. Because Callie and I, growing up, we saw a lot of our friends uh, have accidental mm-hmm. it happens. kids. Yeah, it happens it all happens the time. Right? That's how right. most of them happen, I think. But that was one thing that we were like, okay, let's not do that. Right, let's not Let's do plan that. this as good as we can, even though there's no full planning for right, it. Right, right. So, yeah, we want to be set and, like, through most of our education, have her out of school and working while I'm finishing my right. dissertation. And then I'll be a stay-at-home dad and do homework and jujitsu. It's a good thing. It's the dream, right? It's the dream, right? I don't mind cleaning the house. You go to work, honey. I'll make you dinner. I'll make your meals. Yeah, that's, that's what I kind of have a little bit. <clears throat> oh, I would love to just chill all day and read when you're not uh, watching the kids. Uh-huh. Yeah, and this podcast thing is um, turned out to be pretty good. I've been doing it for like a year and uh, I think you'll be like the 50th episode. No shit. Yeah. 50? 50. I know Chris has been there. We, should, is, we should probably do that sooner than later while they're out there playing. Yeah. Kind of watching, but that's, that's awesome, dude. 50? Yeah. And you just... Because Chris... What number was Chris? 
You remember? Uh, I can look it up. It wasn't too long ago. Well, I guess it was a few months ago. What are you trying to do? Just whenever, or do you have a certain, like, you try and do them once a week? I try to keep it consistent with once a week, but sometimes <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, like if I get sick or get really busy Travel. at work, it'll be like two weeks in between, but then I'll bust out like two or three in a row. Like I have two in the queue right now that I'm editing and working on, recording intros for, and then um, you'll, you'll, yours will be the third in the queue, and then I can re release them whenever I want, and, and yeah. So, so far, 50 episodes, let's see, where is... Um, That's pretty cool, dude. Yeah, listen to a two podcasts and nice uh, regularly but it's I can only listen to one in my own right <laughs> Joe Rogan uh, Joe Rogan's good though like there's a lot of people who do like Joe Rogan but I listen to one that's a, uh, it's a only a motocross one. Oh, nice and um, it's called Pulp MX and he does like I think it's six over six million something like that downloads wow not bad for motocross community you know because motocross isn't like NASCAR and like that's not strong but still cool cool out sport Chris was episode 26. Oh, no way. So, that's funny. He's back in February. This is 26. I'm going to be 50. 50. It's almost, almost double. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny. And you just ask people, like... Yeah, mostly... Um, people, or... Yeah, it's just mostly <laughs> started out with... Um, you know, well, Callie was my first one. Right. Um, and started out talking to just friends. Uh, I know quite a few interesting people. Um, and then yeah. they'll refer me to other people. Oh. And it just kind of spreads out. But, right, right, right. But yeah, I have a lot of interesting people in my life. And I feel like uh, each person that I choose to keep around me brings value to my life. Sure. Because of their individual perspective. Mm -hmm. And so I want to share that. Not only... I want to archive it like for myself right. for like when when they're gone or if we don't talk for years I can right. go back and go listen back. to it yeah, that's pretty cool, dude. but also like in the midst of the conversation I learn a whole new perspective of reality you know right oh, different from my own which makes mine right you more see someone full. else's point of view yeah that's sweet <clears throat> hey did you just find that out Reese Reese did you just find that out right now I didn't know this thing squirted. <laughs> <laughs> Callie's causing trouble. Right. Um, let me, uh... As we take a quick break from Conversations with the Mind, I just want to let you know that this award-winning episode of the podcast is brought to you by MindOps. So go check out the MindOps website, M-I-N-D-O-P-S. Now back to the show. All right, so episode 50 with my cousin Coleman down in Arizona. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, the first question is the only standard question that I ask and I ask it to all my guests and so the podcast name is conversations with the mind and uh, I just want to get a sense for like how that phrase lands with you and what what comes up in your head when you when you hear that conversations with the mind what does that mean to you no I tend to be like um, super casual guy too I don't get myself in too many intellectual problems and stuff like that because sometimes it's I don't think as much as I should, you know what I mean? Or I'll say things just off the top of my head or whatever, but um, I'm always open to learn, mm. you know, and just 
some, some smarter, or I want to say more intellectual people like yourself. So that's refreshing to me every now and then because it opens my mind to a little bit different scene too. So, and I'm like a sponge. I want to take as much in as mm -hmm. I can to learn, you know. So, I think that's an awesome like that was a good thing. mindset in general to have, uh, and I think a lot of people don't have that, you know. A lot of people get kind of like stuck in their nine to five and like their day to day and stop stop remaining open to learning, you know? True, true. I think, you know, uh, it's nonstop. It's a lifelong journey. Always just going to try and better yourself in the long haul. The more you know, the better off. Yeah. Not who you are, it's who you know. You know, that's my saying. <laughs> so that'll get you a lot further than me, me, me. It's a you, you, you thing, you know, that kind of situation. So I think that phrase you just said uh, is totally true about you. It's not, I think you embody that. Like, mm. uh, since I've known you, like, Growing up around you, you and Chris were always like, um, I don't know, I think you guys are like 15 years older than me, something like that, and you guys have always Pretty been close. like male role models to me growing up because I didn't have a dad around, or at least a consistent one, and so I looked up to you guys, and I can remember numerous times hanging out, like either in Incline Village or in Mexico with you guys, mm -hmm. and it was all about, it wasn't about who we were, who our family was, uh, it was about who you and Chris knew, like the locals around, mm -hmm. that would get us access to like the best nightlife or the best deals on um, deep sea fishing. Or right. it's, it's all about yeah, like, yeah. who you knew, and, and that was the key to our happiness. Like on those trips, it wasn't about like who we were. Right. You know. We're no better than anyone else. You know? Right. But that just it. the more people you're nice to, the more people are willing to do fairs for you. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. And that works out good. That you build that relationship more than just like a, a purchaser or something like that. You know, mm -hmm. it works out better. It's gonna be, be better off for you in the long run. So, well, I know so and so. Oh, that's cool. You know, good for you. Mm -hmm. I can get us in this club or something. I know it's okay. No problem. You know who you are, so you know. And the more stealth you are, the better. You know, you're no better than anyone else. It's always someone better than you. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, that's something I've always looked up to you guys and something I've tried to work on myself too that I, s I still think I'm horrible at which is just like being able to strike up a conversation and even like a surface level friendship with total strangers you know it's hard for some people Yeah, I, I guess I have like trust issues or something like I get around people that I, I'm, I don't know yet I have like this panic a little bit just a little bit of unsurety like mm -hmm. a little hyper vigilance until I talk to them a little bit or I'm introduced through someone else you know through that or are you going with the motion of well this is if that's the case or no one's kind of read it it's a little tight you feel weird you be the one to initiate conversation you break that ice mm -hmm. it makes them feel better because otherwise he's just as nervous those people usually just as nervous as you are yeah you know what I mean so you're like hey I'm Shane nice to meet you you know mm -hmm. we're all here for the same reason cool you know good to meet you yeah yeah I and have to remember that that that's they're just this uh they're just as scared or just as... Correct. And that's always good. Yeah. They're just as nervous as you are. Right. So you're like, yeah, someone's got to break the ice, but it feels too awkward, so mm -hmm. it might as well be you. Because you feel right off the bat, you attack it. Instead of backing away from it, you got to go attack it. You know? that moving forward mentality. I'm like, okay. And then they're going to be like, that dude Shane was pretty cool. He came up to me and said hi. Mm -hmm. And then there you go. It's not who you are. I know Shane. Mm -hmm. it's, who, it's who you know. You know. So there you go. That's you know not I mean? always the response you get, though, right? When no, you of course not. Of course not. <laughs> People you know? down. Of course not, but... Uh, at least you're trying to be the better person. You're yeah. trying to make the effort of making the, the, the scenario be more calm and relaxed because yeah, it makes people come around a little bit, makes people come out of their shell a little bit. 
And then it makes you look good because you're the one that kind of made that happen. Right. You're the one that stepped up. Correct. Yeah, and that's one thing I love about jiu-jitsu is that, like, I may not know any of my opponents going into a tournament or a particular event, and I may have, I might be timid to go up and talk to them before, but, like, that match that we have together out there is our introduction. That's, that's breaking the ice. And then afterwards, we're always, like, good friends. Or, Correct. You know, does that happen in, um, in motocross, too, when you were coming um, or where, where you guys yeah, always so there's, like, there's more of them, you know. So, because you were it's, a, it's, a, it's still individual sport like yeah. like jujitsu was, you know. But there's more. There's like you know a bunch of us out there instead of one on one. It's one on you know thirty. But it's just uh, I don't know. To answer your question, I don't think it's quite similar because you're not really close contact with one on one. You know, you're more or less just trying to get to the front and so is everyone else. <laughs> But yeah, there's camaraderie there. Everyone's there for the same reason. Everyone wants to win. And if you're going to be, excuse my friends, be the asshole about it, then no one's going to like you anyway. Sure. So the nicer you are and the faster you are, means people that start taking you seriously. Like, oh, same way in jujitsu. Like, okay, you know, like, I'm going to talk to talk, then I'm going to go come, I'm going to throw down. You know, like, it's, I'm going to mm-hmm. throw down. And that you get more respect that way. And if you're even cool about it, mm-hmm. then it's a double whammy for you. Yeah. You know, because, hey, you're cool about it, plus you're good. Right, that seems like... Because you don't have to be a cock about it, you know, cocky. I'm sure, like, while you're racing, too, like, there's the bad apples out there who are, like, kicking and doing dirty stuff to get ahead, and they're known for that. Just like in jiu-jitsu, there's fighters out there who are known for, like, holding submissions a little too long. Right, just rubbing the elbow in the face a little longer than really necessary. Right, right, right. But then there's also those guys out there who play it straight and still win and then you're like whoa those guys are really I got straight beat right there yeah oh yeah like if the people uh, cheat or or get ahead in any way you're almost like they wouldn't have won without that right dirty advantage it's a disadvantage for them they gotta make up for it you know but you're right as you get better people start respecting that and that's why I say motocross too and any sport really you can't teach natural ability that's gonna come to you some people are gonna be white belts forever but there's other people that are gonna become brown belts real quick yeah. See, in motocross, there's kids that are always going to be beginners, and there's kids that are seven years old that are just going through ranks across the country and natural ability, mm-hmm. super fast. You can't teach that. Mm-hmm. You know, you can coach them, right. but you got to be able to know what's going on. To you have to have some natural athleticism. You have to have some natural ability, correct. The, the electrons have to be firing at a certain rate. <laughs> yeah, anyway. yeah. So what age That's did true. you start at? Um, well, you know, growing up in Oklahoma, then um, we had three wheelers, and then it turned into three wheelers. I, of course, naturally, I just wanted to go into motorcycles, so probably 14, 15. And did you and have natural ability or did Southern you California? Um, both. Yeah. I'm naturally athletic, but I'm a little on the taller side, so I got a little lankiness to me that is going to go against me in the long mm-hmm. run. You know, I'm not the perfect five foot ten, 160-pound motocross rider, mm-hmm. you know, so... Um, but I made it work, you know, I had, I had to push some effort into it, it doesn't want overnight, but natural ability helped, yes, I, I, I did have capability to ride, mm-hmm. so I wasn't taught from not even knowing how to ride one, so. And then motocross was just your thing from that point on, 14 yeah. on. Did you get into any other, like, uh, competitive sports? Well, I ran track for a while, in high school and all that kind of stuff, super athletic there, um, but I just became... You know, when I moved to California and got into that's where this motocross scene really is, then I, just got, I dove heavy into it and just kind of stayed with it. And I dig it. I like the adrenaline. I'm an adrenaline guy anyway. And um, I saw I just stuck with it. So it worked, it worked out for 
25 years, you know. Nice. And now you're, you know, you're getting your kids into it. Mm-hmm. That's got to be awesome to see your your offspring enjoy the thing that you're most passionate about or that you've been passionate about the longest. You know, that's something I can't wait. Like, and I hope that my kids are into jujitsu. You know, mm-hmm. I hope I'm not one of those parents that drive my kids away right. from it because I'm so into it. Like I see Vince and uh, and Courtney raising Blake, and you know Vince and Courtney are both totally into horses, mm-hmm. and now Blake is too. And they got Jade. Now Jade's there, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. that's so cool to like. See I think they're it. naturally gonna go that direction if they see how much you like it. Then they're gonna be like, oh, well, I want to do it too because my dad digs it, and then we dig it now too. Mm-hmm. They like it because you like it, and they learn. You start learning the spiritual part behind it, and the good part behind. It. Like, oh, this is, the better you are, you know, the more people are gonna look up to you. The more people are gonna want to ask you questions and ask for help and so like that's like no problem right like you said earlier like you're good at it but you're cool about it too mm-hmm. that, that'll take you further yeah mm-hmm. man I, I can remember myself acting that same way though sometimes like being all about the ego part of it and I think you have to you, kind of go through that to figure it out yeah once you once you've been in something as long as motocross for mm-hmm. you or jiu-jitsu for me like you hopefully have learned by then that like ego gets mm-hmm. in the way correct you know? it holds you back in some way and so ego gets in the way so being able to hold that mirror up to yourself and see that truth about yourself like holy shit I'm putting up this fake mask to everybody else mm-hmm. and I'm lying to myself and then you, you're able to like accept that and let that go a little bit. I right. think that's when you really start to thrive. As you're on the latter half, like so you grow out of it, and you're like, dang, what a, what a dork I was, you know? <laughs> but then, hey, then you see people go through it, so it's, it's like a learning process, but there, there's no reason to. Yeah. There's no reason to show off, there's no reason to glow. Just be good at what you wanna do. You don't have to. And then keep doing it. And keep doing it, right, lead by example. Right. That's it, lead by example. Make it a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I think picking something that's sustainable long-term is also important. As far as like passions in life, too. Like doing something that you can do as you age. Uh, you got to like it. Yeah. Yeah. Anything you can do, you can be it. <clears throat> You're going to grow old with it. That's fantastic. You know, I know I'm going to be 80 years old, and I'm going to have some sort of motorcycle. You know? Mm-hmm. I'm going to be you, Same with you. You know, you can still, Grandpa, you're still going to roll around with your grandkids. You yeah. know? Say, hey, remember this? This used to work, you know. This doesn't work so much now. Nowadays, things have now changed. my hips don't move. Right, that way. right, right. Now I can't quite do that. You know, I can't go to guard anymore. You know, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, you want to cross the same way. At a certain point, it's not going to work. It's just going to hurt too much to ride. Yeah. I'm going to be too old. It's too dangerous. Too frail. But that's the life I chose. That's the way the ride I wanted to go. And I just, it's fun to be, you know, a professional athlete of some sort, so to speak, in quotations, a high-level athlete, I should say. And no. does, do you think about that? Like, what is your, what's your line that you can't cross? Oh, yeah. And when's the quitting day? Uh, that I can't give you. Right. You know, because I'm. Because you don't know. I, you I don't enjoy know. too much still. Exactly. Even if I do it, instead of 100 miles an hour, 50 miles an hour, jumping. Yes. Yeah, give me a minute. I'll be right there. Um, I'm always gonna want to do it because I enjoy it, but I just have to back it down. Sure. You know, and if I was at, at the highest level, we're at 100%. You know, now I'm t- t- 15 years out of it, I'm down to 75%. You know, and in the next couple of years, I'm probably going to go 50%. And enjoying that at and, 50%. Yes. Enjoying that at 50%. And I'm totally cool with that. 
Yeah, I think a lot of people, like, when they reach that high level, and then they start to naturally decline, you know, uh, in skill as you get older, like, a lot of people are like, if I can't do it at that high level anymore, then, right, there's no point in doing it at all. I think I'm just going to give it up. It's still worth it. Yeah, it's still totally. worth it to do it, like, so what you got to back down. That's why you got to love it. Pride. Yeah. It's called swallowing it. Realizing what the repercussions, if you get hurt, it's going to be worse than it is 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, so back it down, swallow your pride, still like, hey, and motocross is saying the fat, the older I get, the faster I was. <laughs> so that's 100% to the T, like, yep, that's exactly right. The older I get, I was faster. And that goes down with the percentage. Mm -hmm. 75, cover yourself be 50. Getting older, I used to be fast, but I still get around. Mm -hmm. I can still ride, not like I used to, but I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, totally. I'm starting to realize that in jujitsu too. Certain things I can't do, and I'm okay with that. You got your towels, so we're yeah we're hanging out at my great aunt's house. Kids are playing in the pool. Kids are swimming. With my wife. Yeah. It's all good. It's family heart, heart affair. Heart life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, have you ever seen that movie, um, the what is it, The Oldest Indian or something, about that old guy, Anthony Hopkins, who uh, races Indian motorcycles across the desert? I have He's, he's an old guy, and he broke the uh, yeah, land speed yeah. record. I was, you'll have to remind what that is. I, I'll check that out. I like old historic stories like that, you know, old school. Movie. You guys are podcasting? Yeah. Hi, podcast. It's my, Hi, my Cal. Wife. <laughs> My first guest ever. Thanks for playing with the kids. Yeah. I love it. What are you guys drying off for? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I saw your guys' flips. That was awesome. I did three, but I did out of breath. Yeah. Three in a row underwater. Uh -huh. Don't hold your breath that long, even. That's pretty good. Not a whole lot of kids can do that. I can go there and back. Are you nice. going to go there and back underwater? I can go there. Wait, you can go back. there. You can go there and back? I really? can go there and halfway back. Mm. Nice <laughs> you see work. me do it, Dad? Oh yeah. I can go there and halfway back, right? Underwater? Or you got? Are you doing the? Underwater. Are you on top of water swimming? Reese. <laughs> really? I'm under too. We gotta give you guys a brick to hold on to on the bottom of the pool so you can swing mm. back and forth like that and hold your breath. But you can let go of the brick whenever you want. Breath holding. Mm-hmm. All right. Want to do some cool jumps in the pool and I'll take pictures? Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're talking about, like, aging a little bit. And I look at, like, uh, my jiu-jitsu master who's from Brazil, and he's, uh, I think he's in his 50s. Um, and he, when I watch him give seminars, like, he can't, He's like uh, calcified um, joints in right. some places, right? <laughs> Just naturally. Yeah. So he, he literally can't move in certain ways, but then I see him roll with like black belts half his age or whatever, and he still just doesn't, like he beats them. Mm -hmm. um, it may take him a little more effort or energy, <laughs> yeah. but he gets it, and mm -hmm. he gets it with all these like uh, restrictions that, you know, that come with injuries and a lifetime of your love, your passion. But now you get to teach it to your kids. That's cool. That way it stays alive in you too. Yeah, he's on the same boat too. You know, your master, he, he loves it. He made this his life job and he's good at it. Mm -hmm. You know, you see him rolling around, he's an older guy, but 
Those younger kids come in there with attitude and they just get owned. You're like, wow, mm -hmm. that just happened? That old man just whooped that kid, you know? You're like, damn, that kid was pretty good. Yeah. Well, at least you thought he did. Sure. Master of... It was quick. Of arm bars and... What's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh... Lev um, angles? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, he's a judo black belt, too. Mm -hmm. So he'll still throw your ass across the room. Seriously. People don't play for it. Yeah, I mean, there's still the guys that I go out that come out, like dads of kids that I've seen ride for a long time. Like when the, when I was riding fast, they were around the scene, just not riding, but dads. Mm -hmm. And some of these guys have stories, and you know, like you and I would just our jaw would drop at some of the stories these guys done, like the 1970 Baja 1000 stuff like that. Not like 2018 where it's. Glam. You have a whole team and like right, so you love glamorous, but which is it's still ridiculously you know hard, but it's fancy nowadays. And back in the day, it was just like, all right, let's buy this mo motorcycle and try and get try and run a thousand miles, right. you know? Yeah, the equipment was a lot sketchier too. Yeah, I saw that documentary about um, that. Uh, I forget his name. I think you referred me to the documentary, but he did the Baja One Thousand by himself on the bike that I have, the XR Four Hundred. Oh. Yeah, I don't remember that guy's name. But yeah, it was a pretty interesting documentary, pretty interesting. That's brutal. Trip, yeah, doing the whole thing. Uh huh. I don't think I would do it. No I've way. been asked to jump on a team of six, and I was like, I don't know, I, don't, I turned down. I'm just that's brutal. You know, it could be life threatening right there. Yeah. I mean, I'm a racer at heart and competitive as the rest of the rest of them, and I want to win. But I'm winning in life right now, right. you know? So, like, that's more important to me, right. my family, and stuff like that. But I still got that itch of, I want to throw it down. I want to go as fast as I used to. I know I, I know I can go that fast. I've, I've seen it. I've been there. But there's consequences of that. Therefore, broken femur, fake ankle, three shoulder surgeries. Mm -hmm. Price you got to pay, you know? And what's the story around your, your broken femur, too? It's just riding motorcycles and just came up short. Instead of 85 feet, I went like 83 feet. Well, that's a huge jump, though. That's a huge jump. Yeah, yeah. That's basically what happened. So you went I just huge, stopped. Was it in the desert or was no, it on, it was on track? track. Okay. Yeah, I was out racing. So you fell up short. I stopped. just came up short and the bike stopped. And my momentum just kept going forward. And I wear knee braces. And it keeps your knees from going backwards right. and stuff like that. So something's got to give. So I, my momentum kept me going. The bike stopped and the, my leg just snapped right above where my uh, knee braces. Did it hit the handlebar? Is that what? Uh, yeah, I stopped, went forward with the handlebar, and then the, my knee braces broken. stopped. Wow. My knee and my femur just went. Wow. Had to give. Right. Felt like a mofo. Yeah, and that's a scary one too, because helicopter ride. Wow. Yeah, that uh, that artery or whatever runs. The moral. Yeah. Mm -hmm. runs it didn't get it didn't get severed like that, but that's the the precaution they got to. That's why they had to fly me out because like if that they can't tell it didn't break the skin. But it was just like I had a huge lump on my leg, but it didn't poke through. Yeah. Um, but you saw it. But I saw. Uh, I, I saw. Oh no, I didn't see no, the. I mean, ball. you saw. You saw that big lump. And well, you're I like, saw big lump. Like yeah, my knee was broken. Man. My leg's broken. Like you sure? Because most people were crying, yeah. like wailing for legs broken. Like, oh no, it's broke. Yeah. But I could tell. I heard like a you know mofo. Mm -hmm. But then they put me in traction. Or as soon as I got in the helicopter came and pulled my leg <sighs> apart, you know, it was like ah. Oh. 
oh, I did, you know, you start sweating, you get that feeling, and then the, all of a sudden you get the, this ultimate feeling of relief. Oh. You know, you're like, you got to go oh, through the pain God. to get the relief when Correct. they reset it. Absolutely, and that pain is unbearable, you know, with your just your bone snapping just like this, and then as soon as it pulls apart and the nerves aren't touching, oh, mm-hmm. sweet Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, it feels so good. But so, so what were you thinking, like, as the helicopter's flying away from the track? You're thinking, I'm, like, your career's over, like, what just um, happened? Yeah, I don't know if my career's over. I'm just like, because I've seen a lot of guys break their legs, and I guess it's a clean break, mm. so it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so you had a positive attitude about it right off the bat. Like, sure. Yeah. You know, if you're going to whimper about it, I mean, you know, you're getting, you're taking a chance as it is. So you knew this could happen. And it's not, it, it in motocross, yeah. it's not if, it's when. You're going to fall. Something's going to happen eventually. No one has, the racing motorcycle has ever not fallen, period. They've had huge get-offs, you know. I've had two helicopter rides in my, in my time. So, uh, neither one of them are super pretty, but my femur, I was like, okay, well, as soon as they put me in traction, I was in a helicopter. Um, I was like, can I look up? At least, can I see what's going on? Cause you know, this helicopter ride's going to cost me 20 Gs. So they're like, no, because I had the neck brace thing on. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, man. All the precautions. And I could feel that I barely fit in the, I'm so tall, I barely fit in the helicopter. I could push my feet and touch the front of the helicopter, and my mm. head was against the back. Mm. You know, and it's like, oh, really? I can't look up to check out the city at least? She's like, sir, you broke your femur. I'm like, I understand that, but I, I got to kind of at least enjoy my, my sight before I get to the hospital. So, you know, that, that's what happens. That's a little, maybe on the stream side, because I'm a little taller, made my bones a little longer, it might not snap if I wasn't so tall, but whatever, that's motocross. Yeah. Same thing, you, you don't you never know. You snap some guy's elbow in an arm bar, just hold that submission a little longer than you think, and right. pull on, yep. Ah! It, it, it happens. Yep. You know, it's the way it goes sometimes. Yeah, and that's, that's what I tell people who start jujitsu. Like, after they get their first injury, um, they're like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, right. I'm like, well, that's, you know, that's what you, that's what you got to kind of accept a little bit of right. that, that it's going to happen. You're going to get hurt. But that's the same with most sports eventually. Correct. Like, even if you right. play football, like these days, it's like you're almost guaranteed a concussion <coughs> by the end of playing high school football. You know, so you got to be willing to take some risk if you want to go do those types of fun things. That's true. You 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 know you're taking a risk. Yeah. You know. But that's part of the fun, I think. I think that's part of the, the part of the deal, right? You know it's an extreme sport, and you know that there's consequences to that. And I think that's a little bit of a lure. Mm-hmm. I, I'll bite on that. I'll bite on that lure. You know. Mm-hmm. So will you? But even but in life, like if you don't take any risk, then no risk leading no a safe life is not fun. No risk and no reward. Right. You know, yeah. higher consequences. You get, but it's you. Sometimes you gotta pay to play. But yeah. that's okay. I'll take that chance. Man. So airlifted out, and I, how long did the recovery take you? Because I know I remember you being on a cane for a while. Well, I don't know if the cane was the cane because the cankle or the oh femur. I don't know because it could be both. Did you break that in, uh, in I broke, succession? I've had two surgeries on the three surgeries on the ankle, but the third one was a complete replacement. Ankle replacement. Yes, yeah, so I have a f- complete prosthetic ankle. How do they do that? Because I think the um, ankle has the most bones out, of, or, or is that the wrist? Maybe has the most bones. Yeah, I don't know. It, I mean, breaking a femur sounds crazy. Yeah. But the ankle was was super super rough. And that was that from casing it too? And no, picks? that was another off back in the day. It's in in college. They just got worse. So I broke it. It was a spiral fracture because I came down on a, on a land like this and just rolled. 
instead of flat, you know, and like that, it was on an angle, and I put my foot down, and my weight came down, just mm. jarred it up there. So then some dude put a bunch of metal in it, and the metal started backing out, some of the screws started backing out, so like that, so I made it worse. So I had the metal taken out, and I got real bad arthritis and bone spurs. And the guy's like, my doctor's, he's one of the best there is, and works on NFL guys, and NHL guys, and NBA guys, and he's like, you motocross guys just are the worst on banging yourselves up. He's like, I just don't get it. He goes, That's, I'll do anchor replacements, or we can fuse it. Mm. And I'm not, I, want, I don't want fusion. I don't think that's any ever a good idea. Yeah, so I was like, no, I don't want a really a fusion, so I'll take the chance of an, a, it's called a, a tar, a total anchor replacement. And I was like, okay. You know, I don't have the range of motion this one does. This calf is significantly smaller than this calf. You know, this leg. Yeah, atrophy. See that? Yeah. yeah. Mine's still, from many years ago, still Habit. smaller than yeah. the other one. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's the way it is, but I don't have the pain. Um, that's priceless. Pain to me. free, yeah. I'm pain free. That's awesome. Yeah, more or less, I'm pain free. The leg doesn't bother me. The ankle's still a little sore here and there on certain days. Some days, about as like anything else. But you know, as much as I've been banged up, I feel pretty good, man. And you can use it still for the yeah. things you love, like you still play soccer, yeah. still ride my motorcycle, like you know, any of that cool ass stuff. Yeah. Sure. There should be a, a Brita with fresh uh, filtered water in there on the. Counter, maybe? Oh, they, there's just like water bottles. Oh, okay. There. Cool. Thanks, Callie. Yeah, my surgeon says I'll need at least uh, two full knee replacements by the end. Um, so I don't, I mean, it'll be nice to be pain free, and I hope I can still like jog and run and do what I love to do, but I know it's going to be like a hell of a surgery and, right. and a hell of a recovery. I'm trying to wait as long as they possible. They are, you know, that's a pretty impressive thing because. Any weight-bearing joint is, is a lot more ankles and knees. Cause, hips, yeah. Yeah, nowadays hips and knees seem like they're a dime a dozen. You know, ankles are a little different. There's so much action going on down there. But still, like, at your age, and you'll, you'll heal pretty quick, too. With the knee, knee, even if you have full knee replacement. Yeah. They're pretty good nowadays, you know. But still. Yeah. It's, I'm with you. I'm trying to hold out as maybe as long as I can. Yeah. I made you jump in the pool, I swear. I kicked my head like that. Don't you jump. Do you want me to do it right here? I'm kicking your feet back. I think I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, don't do it here. It's too slippery and you're mm-hmm. wet and stuff, so. No, not in the air. Oh, yeah, no, it's okay. <laughs> I'm going to come in here in a little bit. You can put that umbrella up. Wait, Dad, can I do it right here? Yes, you can. Uh, let's see. Kind of hot, but I guess I can. Can you see me, Dad? I can see you. Uh, 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 there it is. Nice. I'm all right. Yoga. Slow-mo video of her jumping the pool and touching her feet to her head. Nice. Nice. It's pretty fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, I'm hoping to wait long enough so that stem cells become legal in the U.S. and I cannot get a replacement, but shoot myself up with that. That's, it's coming. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's a new thing right now, so... You can get it done outside the country and out of pocket, but it's like ten grand, is what I my right, estimate is would that, cost. Is it worth ten G's versus right. a new one? You know, right. is it saying it's gonna is it cure all? Right, and it's only it only takes in like fifty percent of the people, but when it does, it uh, it's it completely like regenerates your it tissue. It does. Yeah. Wow. Okay. What? All right. You gotta get like, oh, gotta get, oh nice, you gotta get little updates and 
maintenance shots. Right. Probably, you, you but continue on. Yeah. But it's your own body tissue, you know, regrowing rather right. than like having metal or like I've had a cadaver tendon in there too, and my body just does not doesn't like uh, foreign tissue, you know. <laughs> yeah, like 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 your gig. Yeah. You know, my last ACL, I had him take my hamstring and put it in there. Oof. So I had to rehab two spots, and that was a little brutal. But I don't regret any of it. No, me neither. You know, so we're, that's the choice we made, the path we chose, and so we're going to come with a little bit of a little bit of injuries, I guess. Well, any, like, any sport, you, know, you, can get, you can get plowed across the street to go to Circle K. Yeah. But... You know, you choose a, a sport or an activity or a discipline or whatever you want to call it to pursue and just be, be really good at it. Mm -hmm. it take a lot of time, and it's, it's going to happen, you know. Yeah, I think for me, uh, you know, bringing it back to, like, conversations with the mind or consciousness, like, I feel like, number one, I feel like the way the universe, or this universe anyway, is, is set up, like, there's a reason for all the stuff that happens. You know, it's a chain of events. We have some free will, but uh, those injuries were meant to happen to me in order to learn something about myself. And I don't think without those injuries, I would have gained the mental toughness that I did or the resilience or I did or, or have as much passion for something as I do because I've been through those things. Right. Um, so I, I don't regret that I had those injuries. I'm almost like grateful at this point. Like, thank you for slowing me down and showing me just why this is so important to me right. and really teaching me about myself. Um, you know, getting out of depression or getting out of addiction that's caused by injury or overprescription mm -hmm. of opiates or something, you know. And I, I agree with you. It's made me who I am. I think if you don't, if you've never been injured, you don't know the recovery and what it takes, you know, and that makes you a better person. Mm -hmm. You know this can happen. You're like, man, I got banged up, but I'm back at it. You know, and not just with it, physical so. injury too, but like breakups and emotional injuries and right. like losses and grief. Like yeah. you got to go through all that. Right. First time's the kill, you know, the heartbreaker. Yeah. And then after that, you're like, okay, well, I've been through this before. I know what to expect. I'm not thrilled about it, but we'll get through it. Right. And there you go with that. You know, to stay positive, and that's what happens. You start sinking into less depression, but just you know, being positive and smile and. You know, I'm a smiler, I'm a people person. So every time it's just like, it goes back to the story we were talking about earlier about walking the room and just making, breaking the ice, but it's just, uh, you learn that way. It becomes more experienced. Mm -hmm. And then when you cross that scenario again, you know what to do. Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, do you think you have to be open to that learning, though? Because I think some people. Yes. You wouldn't know if, if if it doesn't happen. Right. Like if you don't get hurt, then you wouldn't know. But now that you get hurt once or twice, you know that's part of the deal. Mm -hmm. And someone that doesn't get hurt, like, oh, I've never broken a finger. I'm like, okay, well, you will. <laughs> you know, it's coming. You have but to you gotta somehow. expect that. And then it's a setback, and you're like, okay, how do you deal with this? All right, you gotta deal with it. You know. Yeah. So everyone experiences setbacks of some good, kind. That's a good way to put it. Like you said, it's a good learning process because I broke my ankle once, I broke your leg, then. I got my replacement. I was on my back for 45 days, no wavering whatsoever, and that wasn't pretty. Yeah. You know, I'm like, oh, that's the worst, you know. But you got a lot of time to think. Then, mm -hmm. like, okay, well, just a setback. Be all right. I'll be all right. Because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm gonna get better. Mm -hmm. And then I'm back to. And you learn to appreciate the the normal daily life activities that yeah. you can and can't do. You know, because when you get set back, you're like, oh, 
I can't, what do you mean I can't do that? Damn, right. I'm behind already. I'm behind. Yeah, and then you get better, and then there's still some days you go do what you love to do, and you're like, man, this sucks, and you got to remember, uh, I'm being at least I can do this. And I right? can still like, do it. Like it's not an attitude of like, oh, I have to do this, but right. it's more like I get to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a privilege, not right. You know. Yeah, totally. I think everyone has to go through some kind of struggle to to know or learn about themselves and who they really are. And everyone's journey is different. You know. That it is, yeah. But I feel like we can learn from each other if we're open to that learning. And there's some people who are unfortunately closed off, but you gotta stay in my the world. Opinion. Yeah, you gotta stay open to to everybody. Everyone has something to teach you. Mm-hmm. Even the homeless guy on the street yeah, has be, something be to teach you. Say, even the homeless guy, uh, you never know. He might come out with a stroke of genius and say something like, "You're absolutely right." You know, so you guys a game changer. Who would guess that? Yeah. Never judge a book by its cover. Right. Treat everyone pages. with kindness. Yeah. Read a couple pages. See if you like it. If you don't like it, I get it. Yeah. Same with people. Yep. Don't judge it by the way someone looks. You talk to them for a little bit and they rub you wrong, then, then you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think part of the reason why, um, why I have gotten some of my tattoos or why I like having as many tattoos as I do is because it, it's sort of like a, a filter right off the bat for people. <laughs> right. If you're not willing to get past your own initial judgment of me and mm-hmm. come talk to me, then mm-hmm. you're not really worth my time. You know? that's, that's 100% right. Yeah. And, and that's the case a lot of times. It's like a screening tool. Right, right. it's a filter. You get right off the bat, you see in some like terms, like, oh, he's got tattoos, he was he bad guy. You know, you're like... Mm-hmm. It sets a perception of way back in the day when you were an outlaw and you had... Prison ink and stuff like that. You know? <laughs> they, things have changed. It's sure. art now, you know. But some people, old school, yep. are still like, yeah. You know, it's the whole scenario of just bad guy. Same yep. thing with cannabis. So, you know, it's all like it's just the image of being all bad. You're like, sure. it's, it's, it's not. The stigma. Judge, 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 don't judge it. Try it. Try me out. Try this out. If it doesn't work, then it's your choice. Mm-hmm. You have the opinion, but it's not all bad. Some people dig it. So just because of what you think, you don't press on everyone else. Right. You know? That's cool to see, though, that uh, it is like a generational thing, right? Like, 100%. Like the new, like, I don't know, maybe, yeah, I think most people in the first half of their life, anyway, um, feel totally differently about cannabis and other substances than do the older generations. Ah, uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. You know? And uh, I, I forgot who said it, but someone said that... Um, and this is about politics and how it's like the old guard, all the old guys on Capitol Hill, and they're like, those guys are going to die out soon, you know? And like this, this whole new group of generation of people are going to come in who are more open-minded to progressive light a little bit more, right? yeah. It's kind of cool to see that happen in our lifetime. Did you ever think that you'd see like legal cannabis? And um, yeah, I saw progression. It? Yeah? I mean, you know, being 20 years ago when you first get into it or whatever, first, first little hip joint you take, you know, you're like, think, oh, I'm such a rebel. Right. You know, and then as time goes on, you're like, people start doing research on actually the medical benefits of it and all that kind of stuff. Like, maybe it's not so bad. Mm. Maybe it's not so bad. Maybe the cigarettes that are for sale are okay are way worse for you. Yeah. You know, something like that. Booze has been around forever, so you're not going to really change that, which I get, but, you know, I'm like, tax the crap out of it and, and call it good. Yeah. You know, just outlaw cigarettes or something like that. So much better for you, but... Mm-hmm. But now, I, uh, 
that ever think about it. I was like, well, no, but I didn't think that was the case until as I get older and you start appreciating it more and realizing the benefits of it instead of not being so taboo. Right. You know, then. Yeah, part of the taboo that, back in the day sort of drove some of our oh, desire yeah. to and do it. Oh, yeah, it still does. It yeah. still does. You know, like all the old people call it grass. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like who calls it that anymore? You know? Go smoke your dope. Right. You're like, it just sounds silly. <laughs> yeah. It does. Because you're smoking grass. I'm like, Dad. <laughs> you call it weed. It's not grass. You know? Yeah. That's too funny, but that's that's just the mentality. Sure. Ew. Right. Well, things have changed. Uh-huh. Things have changed. The world's gotten a little bit more mature, and we're finding out the benefits of it. And let me tell you something. Yeah. It might change your life too at your old ass age. Sure. You, know? you, you don't 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 knock it out yet. You know. Yeah, you might love it. You might love right. <laughs> might change your life, bro. Um. Yeah, that's crazy. What do you think about the? I don't know if you guys heard about it down here in Arizona, but uh, in Denver we decriminalized mushrooms. Right. And then in Oakland they decriminalized all plant medicines. So ayahuasca, peyote, mushrooms, they decriminalize all. Well, it's all natural. Sure. You know, so you know, I, it's not not my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. And have I been there, done that? Yes. Mm-hmm. But I just don't like losing. I mean, not losing consciousness like that. It's not the proper word. Losing like, control of. Yeah, just my thoughts and mm-hmm. like I don't like. Just being too whacked out like that. Sure. You know, the mushrooms. I mean, it's fun because I like the all this type of stuff. But I, I just, just, I feel too weird. Yeah. You know, with weed, cannabis, I'm like, it calms me, out, it mellows me. I'm banged up on joints. It helps the body. You know, and the endocannabinoid system sucks it up. You're yep. like, okay, you know, I'm okay with that. That's that's, that's my, but. Hey, it's, if you're asking my opinion is, I'm all for it. Definitely. Yeah, like societal-wise, like it's it's. A, I think it's a step in the right direction. For sure. Because there's sure. like it'll you be said, research like is coming else, out. Yeah. And it'll get it'll, it'll get its time, just like we'll be available at the cycle quickly. You know, it's gonna happen. It's yeah. just just gonna take time to turn the turn the voodoo taboo thing around. Mm-hmm. It's such a bad thing. It's really not. So the social stigma is the yeah the last hurdle to overcome. Correct. Yeah. That's what you said. No, I think that's I think you're right. You know, people start to realize once it is regulated or legal that it's not such a bad thing. I think when they decriminalized in Colorado, the, the biggest opposition was like, what if the kids, what are the kids going to think if, right. if it's legal? Like, they're going to think it's okay to do right, it. Well, so not really. Like, I did, I did that stuff because I thought it was illegal and right. I was rebelling I against bad. the status quo. Right. Like, I, if, and now you're like, oh, it's legal, why, why do it then? Right. It's not Boring. That cool, I don't care. Boring, right. I want to <laughs> exactly. do some math, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Right. That's terrible. I get it. Yeah, totally. Now that's, yeah, that's where I think it's going to go. People are going to loosen up. And I think we'll be a happier society for it, you know? The more agency and control people have over themselves and their own consciousness, the better. Like, you can't regulate my mind. You can't right. tell me what what sort of mind state I need to be in, right? This is my brain. This uh-huh. is my consciousness. You don't, know, you don't know what I'm thinking. Exactly. Yeah, it sure is beautiful out here. I know, it's starting to get a little on the warm side now, but yeah. I'm about ready to jump in the water. Yeah, we came out last night um, when the sun went down. Oh, you the did? sunset was nice, light. yeah, and the lights were cool afterwards. Sunset was cool. This is a really cool view up here where you can, you know, like you said, we're elevated, uh-huh. so you can see the whole city. Yeah, it's super cool. You, you don't realize how big it is. You're like, man, there's lights everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's a cool, it's, it's a cool view. And the mountains just disappear. Like, there's no one living up mm-hmm. there pretty much. That's going towards Mexico. Really? Yeah, so that's south. That's due south. And Arizona borders Mexico, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you. you How drive, far? It's 
from 50, me. 60 miles. 60 miles to the border? Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's the uh, Mexican town right over the border, is it? Nogales. Nogales? Uh-huh. What's the, have you been there, obviously? Oh, yeah. What's we go to Mexico all the time because uh, Katie's parents have a, a town home in Mexico, like oh, okay. deep into Mexico. So we'll drive down there and go hang out there on the beach and stuff like that. It's cool. At their town home, stuff like that, which is like, it's like a five-hour drive. Oh, wow. From here. Because you can go straight shot to Nogales, it'll take you 45 minutes. But you can go along, like due west, I go down towards the border, but here's a border, here's a border, you go this way, and there's another border, and it takes you to Rocky Point, which is a fancy, it's it's the popular destination for Arizona people, Tijuana people, California people, because it's right there. Huh. Rocky Point, it's really, it's, Edu- it's like, it's a like four hours. Spot? Okay. Yeah, it's a vacation spot. It's a, it's a place on the beach, and it's a huge, it's not like there's like, you know, 20 resorts there, you know, it's like huge. It's like Cancun, yeah. but it's called Rocky Point, and that's our closest. Nice. Mexico is this other one that we go to is a little bit further down, but we go through New Gales, and it's, it's What's Nogales like? Because I've heard Tijuana is, like, pretty bad. I've never yeah. been there either. But. I mean, there's good and the bad. We, I've, you, Ten years ago, I, we used to park down there and walk across the border hmm. and go party at nighttime in, in Nogales, you know, the Mexican side, you know, and we never really got hassled. Mm-hmm. But you just you can't go in there with attitude and all puffed up and all cool guy. You just go in there and do what you got to do. And and what I used to do is I used to have a buddy that had a buddy that had a buddy, you know, that worked uh, at, at the border. And he would take, like, I would tell him when we were going to come down there, and he would come meet us. So I had a national with us. And he would take us around all these places. And then he knew it's not who you are, so you know. Right. And he's like, if, if there's a problem, it'll be taken care of immediately. And I was like, sweet. It helps to know a local. Yeah, so I pay him. Yeah. And that was, it was a good money for him, extra money for him, and we'd go have a good time knowing that we'd never be hassled because he was with us. Wow. You know? That's so, smart. Yeah. And <laughs> so it worked out good, though, because he knew that he, he worked that little area, all the beat, and then we knew all the guards and all the, all the doormen and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And every time we went in, we got good tables, and it was just like, you know, it's, and we paid our, we paid our share, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like we didn't go in there and order water, you know? Um, we made sure you tip the people that you got tip. You tip the service people right. You tip the waitresses right. You know, drinks are cheap anyway because Mexico, mm-hmm. and that goes a long way. They're yeah. gonna remember you when you come back. Right. You know, and I'm gonna pay this guy again. They're gonna be like, hey, hey what's up, Coleman? What's up, Ricardo? His name was Ricky, but mm-hmm. Ricardo. Ricky Ricardo, you know? nice. It was it was cool. So I walked down there. And I never we never got sweated. Nice. You know, and it, it, there's certain areas where you want to go certain places down there. It's, you have to walk through some dark, uh, right. some dark, some dark alleys down there that you probably don't want to be if you're a white boy American sure. walking down there. But if you got a, a homie with you, mm-hmm. then you're good. You well, know? I remember, and we used to take trips with you guys down in Cabo. Cabo, um, same your way. Your mom had the yeah. house down there, and mm-hmm. then, um, and we never had issues with the locals. It was always like other Americans or other right. white folks that we had issues. Like I remember that one. I still distinctly remember it. That one night after I think we went to Squid Row, we were walking home. And like some big guys with a pit bull uh, came up to us and were like talking shit to your brother and you know shit talking back and forth. <laughs> right. And then someone reached in someone's car and got threw a punch. And then everyone got out of their car, and the dog was still in the car barking, barking. at all of us while right. we were all in a big street fight. And the, and they were they were That's like when uh, I got hit with that club. Yeah, we yeah. He, they brought out the club for the steering wheel. Right. You got stitches I, for that. Yeah, I got twelve Whacked stitches. Whacked you on the head. Hit me in the head. Could have killed me. Yeah, that was like a street brawl, yeah, but it, it was street like ball. Americans. Yeah. Was, and, and they, they were, were the, they were the problem. They were know? the problem. Yeah. Not the locals. No. That was right. maybe crazy. it was bullet, but I, I, I'm not sure if it was a. I think it wasn't as Americans, but that was a full fledged. Oh yeah, that was. We've been in a couple fights down there, just protecting each other. Sure. And most of it's 
liquid confidence. Mm-hmm. You know, it's probably half the reason why we don't have us don't really drink that much anymore yeah. because we, we know it gets us in trouble. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, um, you know, just looking out for each other. Sometimes down there you have to walking down the back roads. They kind of prey on us sometimes late night, right. especially if we're hammered. They're gonna know, but. We try to stay away from him, but Chris has a temper sometimes, especially after a couple of shots. I love to get it down there. That was one of those nights I was going down swinging with him. You know, that's my brother. Just like you guys were, you know, like yeah. step aside. We're, we're, this, this isn't going to be pretty. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen all the time. And then, you know, and then our buddies that we knew down there, like, all right, we, we know who it is. We'll keep an eye on him. We never saw him again. Right. So we looked for him. Yeah. I had my scouts looking for him. Mm-hmm. I had my goons looking for him. You know, just uh, they, they disappeared. disappeared. Yeah. But I took a beating for that. You know, I. So the scars and uh, that was bad. I was a, I was bleeding good that night. Yeah, you were. You know, that was New Year's. That's right. You guys were right there. You. I was late night, but again, you know, if, if, if people if, if that had happened and then and I didn't know anyone else and someone else didn't see it, some of my local buddies didn't see it, then it's good to have people looking out on your side, especially locals, you know, right. because they say, hey, this guy's okay. A little bit of maintenance, but he's okay. Have you ever traveled anywhere outside the country besides Mexico? Oh, yeah. I've been to Europe a bunch with my mom and stuff like that. Do you guys know locals we'll and stuff Caribbean. where you travel? Um, mostly no, Mexico. Yeah. yeah, mostly Mexico, just because we're there more regularly. Sure. So you see the same people. You just know the people that work there. They know you. Mm-hmm. Um, you take care of them, they're going to take care of you. They just know. Like, mm-hmm. we expect a good service. Be honest and take care of us. You're gonna get taken care of. What that. an amazing thing to be remembered for is like how well you treat other people. Correct. Right? That's my goal. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. And when it doesn't have to be monetarily every single time. Right. But just the attitude right. of how are you? Are you gonna be my waitress today? Fantastic. It's your lucky day because I'm a fun person. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes them laugh. But we're out the gate. They laugh. Cool. This guy's all right. Mm-hmm. You know. And breaks the ice immediately. You take control of that situation. You take control of the, the awkwardness of someone coming saying, "Can I get you a drink?" Actually, you know, in your case, no, I'm great, but uh, you know what I would? I like a water lemon. And what's your name? Tasha, Tasha, nice to meet you. you know, I'm Coleman, or I'm Shane. Mm-hmm. And they're like, nice to meet you. And they're going to know, sweet. That dude's cool. And they're going to walk around, and they're going to go back and say, that guy's super nice. Don't spit in that guy's food. Right. 100%. <laughs> you know? Right. I mean, just little things like that. Sure. You just get to break, get the rapport right off the bat, make it easier for you in the long run, the long haul. Because mm-hmm. if you do the, play the awkwardness card and read a book, say, you know, I'll take a water. It's weird every time she comes. And I promise you, you're not going to get as many visits as if you're like, Tasha, come on over here, girl. Mm-hmm. You know, make it fun for them. It's their job, so. I like that kind of stuff. I, that's, and like, it goes back to what you said. It's like, I like to, uh, I can make someone's day better. Nah, I've done my job. Mm-hmm. You, know, wow. you got to be a smiler. you got to take control of the situation. Take control of the, of the immediate, the moment you're in. And make it better for everyone. That's such a good, like, you know? daily goal to have. Like, if you don't have any other goals in life, just, like, wake up every day with the goal of, like, I'm going to make one person's life better today. I'm right. going to make one person happy today. And, and that's all that matters. You go down to the mall right here. Mission accomplished. Time, and just smile. Like, I'll look at someone, I'll come up the elevator, and I'll catch eye contact on them, and I'll smile, and they smile back. There you go. Someone smile. Mm-hmm. Regardless of that little tiny bit, dude, it'll make someone's day better. Mm-hmm. I'm cool with that. It makes right. me feel good. Right. But if I can do it to ten people, and I smile, because you know what the saying is, when you smile, it makes other people think you're up to something. Oh, really? Yeah. That's what my dad told me. He said, you smile because it makes people think you're up to something. Huh. I'm like, no shit. Because if you're smiling, like, what's that dude smiling about? Mm. My day sucks. You know, I got nine million errors to do, but that dude's smiling. Mm-hmm. And he's smiling at me. Cool. Something right. must be up. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I like that. Your dad told you that? Yeah. Your dad was so awesome. Yeah. So, you know, you, you just 
try and make someone's day better and makes you that a better person. You know, that's 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 the goal. And it's so nice for your kids too that Katie's pretty open too. She's really bubbly and outgoing and wants to go talk to people. Yeah. Like with me and Callie, she's definitely uh, the the one out of both of us that'll go out and like meet people first. And right. Be like, oh, don't. She'll be. She'll turn back. First like, don't worry about my husband. He always has that look on his face. Like he's not <laughs> yeah. pissed at you. I promise. Yeah. He's got a resting dick face. Yeah. You know? he, yeah, he yeah. Just, she calls it my resting man face, and that I just look stoic all the time. So I'm working on it, but. So, but you've always been that way. Yeah. You know? I don't know he's, why. I don't know. Been very contemplative. Like, like nice, much nice nice guys I know. Of course, I'm a cousin, so I'm a little precious, but. But yeah, I mean, around the gate, you know, I, I can see that. Be like, oh. But read a couple pages. Right. Read a couple pages. Yeah. And then, then reassess that situation. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, you're, you're going to end up reading that whole book. Right. Yeah, I feel like I, I'm a pretty interesting book to read. Fuck yeah. You know? Fuck yeah, we all are. Yeah, exactly. You know, we all family. are. We're all tight. We all got our own our own path, but we're all together. You know, that's what family's for, and we go our several ways. But like just for instance, this podcast, you're here. You came in my direction. We we came together again. We're gonna see each other again in a few months, hopefully. You know, for that's just cool. Yeah, and there's a reason why that happens. You know. Yeah. I always tell my friends too, wise minds think alike. So a lot of times you have buddies like, no way, I did the same thing. I thought the same thing. I got the same bike. I got the same gi. You know, I'm like, huh. Why is mine thinking like? Mm-hmm. There's uh, hundreds of choices out there. And just by chance, you and I got the same one. Mm-hmm. How'd that work out? Mm-hmm. You know? Why is mine thinking like? So. Mm-hmm. And usually they're the ones you, you choose to be around with. Usually the ones that are happy. Those are the ones that smile more. Those are the ones that make you feel good. You want to surround yourself with those people. Yeah. You know? And it goes a long way. Yeah. I think that's something that your mom kind of taught me relatively recently that it's. Uh, really, who you surround yourself with and who mm-hmm. you choose to keep in your life is really going to have a huge impact on of your course. own happiness. Like, yeah. I look at her and she has so many like super close friends everywhere that she travels, mm-hmm. everywhere she lives, and and they'll come over and they'll be like best friends, you know. Yeah. And she's, she's happy go lucky she's too. So happy. Right. Yeah. She's happy go lucky too. So. And if people treat her wrong, she's like, okay, I'll just. It's um, easy for me to just like, okay, yeah. you're being me, and I'm not gonna. Right. What's the saying? Have like, you in my room? First time, shame on me. Second time, shame on you, or something like that. It's first time, shame on you. Second time, shame, shame on me. On me yeah, because yeah. I let you do it again. Correct. Yeah. There you go. Prime example. You know, yeah. those little sayings. Mm-hmm. When my kids go to school every day, I, I tell them, be kind to others and treat others the way you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. It's every single day. And then they write little things at school. They'll say something like, my dad, my mom. They'll say, say something that you like about your parents. You know, at school, they're like, my mom tells me she loves me, and then dad tells me to be kind to others every day. Mm-hmm. And my teacher had made a little heart around it. I'm like, that's, that's cool that you notice little things like that. You that's know, awesome. Like, that is sweet. Yeah, baby. Can you get the chips in the fridge? I'm going to have a snack break. I just did 12 flips underwater. Nice. Since well, hurts. Wow. But breathing. Cause, but without getting dizzy, but then this part hurts right now. From doing flips? <laughs> I, have your, I have your lunch. You want your lunch? Yeah. Okay, I'll get Reese's too. Nice. So, yeah, we'll just, we'll just take a commercial break. And commercial break, pay the sponsors. Good to yeah. go. We'll come back. All right. episode was sick I don't know about you guys but we freaking rocked that conversation with all of its authenticity in its place just like it should have been as it was destined by the universe hope you guys liked it I had fun making it with my cousin but it was hot as balls in Arizona man 
I don't know why we picked to go to Arizona in the summertime, but we went from what I thought was hot at 90 degrees in Colorado. We went to like 108, 110, um, which wasn't too bad because we were right near the pool. But man, that was an awesome trip and an awesome time hanging out with my cousin and his kids and his wife. What an amazing time. What an amazing guy. What an amazing family. Thank you to the Manchester family for having us. And thank you to Arizona for putting up with our shenanigans while we're out there. Thanks again to all you folks who are listening to the podcast. Please make sure that you click that little donation button at the bottom. I promise you it's not going to bite you guys. Just just click it once. See what happens. Maybe you can give 50 cents. That'd be awesome. Right? Two pence. Or maybe that's pennies. Two bits? I don't know. Anyway, click that little donate button. Go check out our YouTube page, MindOps, uh, M-I-N-D-O-P-S.com. That's our website. Go check out all the content we're putting out there, guys. Um, And here's to more and more and more and more and more shows coming your way. All right, folks. See you next time.